Hi, and welcome to Off the Clock, Tompkins Wake's podcast where we look at topical legal and business issues. You've joined us for our In the Neighbourhood podcast series. The Resource Management Act is one of the most amended acts that New Zealand has. Since 1991, it's been amended over 75 times in just 32 years. Now the current government has decided it's going to scrap the RMA and replace it with three new acts. In November 2022, it finally released the first two bills, the key Natural and Built Environments Bill and the related Spatial Planning Bill. Both bills have already faced criticism for both going too far and not far enough. Environment and Resource Management partner Teresa Labar has been practicing in this area since before the RMA came into effect. She's going to share her insights with us today into its replacement. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Catherine. Thank you. This must feel like back to the future for you. (laughs) (laughs) Since prior to the RMA, there were three principal acts. Then they were consolidated into the RMA. And now we're heading back to three acts again. Exactly. (laughs) Now, the focus of this series is the government is changing neighbourhoods around New Zealand, Mm. how they look, how they feel, and what they're going to be in the future. A lot of people might think that scrapping the RMA won't affect them. It's just replacing one system with another system. Do you think that perception is correct? Probably half right. Some of the changes will have a much bigger impact on councils and businesses rather than the average resident and the community at large. But there are a couple of changes which have, in my view, slipped under the radar to date with the media and they're going to have quite a significant impact on people and their immediate neighbourhoods. Oh, can you give us an example of one of those changes? Sure. One of the changes relates to views, for instance. Everyone loves the view. They do, particularly when they buy a house, (laughs) and part of that decision is the nice view that comes with it. They want to protect that, and that's understandable. However, if a neighbour wants to build another story on their existing dwelling or a developer wants to clear a neighbouring site to develop a townhouse complex, people do traditionally react to that if it starts to encroach or block their view. Currently, if that sort of proposal exceeds the district plan rules for a permitted activity, for instance, a resource consent will be needed. At that point, the council will, through the resource consent process, assess and consider whether the impact on the view is acceptable or not. So right now, if you want to do something that's outside the rules and it's going to wipe out the view of the person behind you, Mm. there's a chance that the council is going to say no. Is that right? Potentially. There will at least normally be a resource consent process. And a chance for you to have your say. Exactly. Exactly. So how's that changing then? Well, the key bill replacing the RMA, which is the Natural and Built Environment Bill, it proposes a change whereby it would actually prohibit decision makers like council from considering any impacts on 
the scenic views a person has from their private property that will no longer be protected, can't even be considered in the assessment or decision-making at all. So if that provision survives the select committee process and becomes part of the new Act, then if you do have a development of that type next door to you, you're not going to have any platform to champion or to advocate for the protection of your view. So there won't be any protection for views anymore. That's going to be a shock if you've Mm. paid extra Mm. to have a view. I mean, there can be a real premium on views when you're buying a house, can't there? Absolutely. And essentially, yes, uh, you will have no legitimate expectation going forward about the protection of the view from your property. There is, however, provision in the bill whereby what we call outstanding natural view shafts will still be part of plans and they'll protect regionally and nationally significant views. But for most of us with a view from our property, that won't have any legal protection at all going forward. That's a big change for homeowners. Mm. And it's surprising that there's been so little uh, you know, attention on mm. that in the media. Mm. Are there any other big changes that homeowners should know about or changes that could affect renters? Yeah, there certainly are. There is uh, one issue that we spotted before Christmas, and that is, again, a prohibition on All decision makers under the new regime, they will not be able to consider the adverse effects, the negative impacts of the use of land for residential activity by vulnerable people. What that means is that if there is going to be an emergency housing, transitional housing, social housing project in your neighbourhood or next door, the decision makers, whether that's a resource consent, a designation, making of the plan, won't be able to consider the adverse effects that that housing development may have on the immediate neighbours and the wider community. So they can't consider them at all? No, nothing. And that's interesting because we've seen a lot in the media recently Mm. about negative impacts, particularly from emergency housing, where you have large amounts of emergency Mm. housing in a small space, haven't we? Absolutely. And of course, we have been involved for several council clients ourselves who have been decision makers on some of these emergency and social housing projects. And it is very clear that there are legitimate adverse effects that can result from those types of housing projects that need expert witnesses to assess and recommend how the effects can be properly managed as much for the benefit of immediate neighbours, the community, as well as the actual residents and occupants of those housing projects. Mm. 
Some people might say that the government's got a point here mm. that with the current housing crisis, isn't it better that we don't delay these kind of housing developments? If it's people living in their cars versus living in emergency housing, mm. shouldn't we be rushing these through as much as possible? Mm. It's absolutely true. We do have a very significant housing shortage. That's not confined just to our large urban centres. It's across the country. However, there are are ways, in my view, that you can allow proper objective assessment of the adverse effects that might arise from that type of housing project while still allowing their legal process to progress without too much interruption or delay. And that's as simple as allow your communities to have a say through submissions, allow expert witnesses to assess and recommend how the effects can be managed, allow decision makers to then say yes or no or yes, subject to appropriate conditions, but then maybe just ring-fence the appeal rights that flow on afterwards because it's often the environment called appeal process which is the real pinch point in terms of a project programme. Okay, so we could take that approach and still Mm. speed up the process. Mm. Because, I mean, what you said before and that the real issue here is that, you know, we've seen a lot of negative effects from this emergency in social housing Mm. on the actual residents who are Mm. very vulnerable and that if we can't even look at the effects, then, you know, we end up with the situation we've got now where people are in emergency housing and they don't feel safe or there's no Mm. play areas for children. Mm. And so you're saying that if we look at those effects, that we can avoid those problems while still streamlining this process. Is that That's exactly right. Yes. So we've got to protect everybody, Mm. including the people who are going to be using this housing. Yes, and most of the adverse effects that in our experience with our own clients, they have had to assess were adverse effects that if they hadn't been managed appropriately through resource consent conditions would have negatively impacted upon the residents of the emergency housing Mm. more than the community around them. So you're saying that this new process isn't going to protect those people? Not in its current form. Well, here's hoping that something changes in the select committee stage because it sounds like it's got the potential to negatively impact everyone, not just surrounding communities. Exactly. It does sound like the bill could significantly impact neighbourhoods around New Zealand. I think the question that many people have had, will have, and are probably still going to have is... Is the government going to succeed in pushing these changes through before 14 October in the election? And if it does succeed, are these changes going to stick? Well, yeah, that is the multi-million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Look, in terms of whether the government will succeed in repealing the RMA and replacing it with the natural and built environment bill, that's the most important bill, before the election, it's likely that it can progress the select committee process sufficiently and in time to enact that particular bill. 
This government's definitely shown that when it wants to get something through, mm. it will push and make sure it does get it through, hasn't it? Agreed. Agreed. But once enacted, we've already seen through the Ministry for the Environment briefings to the Select Committee of very late last year that it is in all likelihood going to take approximately 10 more years 10 years. Primarily under the RMA until we are fully into the new regime. Ah, so definitely a fast track <laughs> process then we're looking at. Exactly. Nothing is going to change soon. Mm. And we know, of course, that, you know, national and acts mm. also favour RMA reform, mm. but of course not this RMA reform. So... We're looking at, you know, if there's a change of government, we could have a different form of the RMA mm. to look at this time next year or we the year could, after. We could well have an amendment bill to the new Act, <laughs> which might be quite substantial. <laughs> yes, and I think there's going to be a lot of submissions going into the select mm -hmm. committee, aren't there? There needs to be, unfortunately, because the legislative programme is so tight with the election date coming up very quickly, the submission period I think will be challenging for many people, but rest assured there are the various professional organisations like the RMLA, which I'm helping a submission to write a submission on, the New Zealand Planning Institute and many other professional organisations have convened subcommittees of, you know, an army of experts to look through the Act and write submissions as quickly as we can and get them into the select committee to help that discussion. Well, that must have been a very fun summer holiday for you, Teresa. <laughs> I'm looking forward to my next summer holiday. I'll just say that. <laughs> Thanks, Teresa. I think that the overarching theme of our In Your Neighbourhood series is that while the current government has made and is making some big decisions that are really going to impact neighbourhoods around New Zealand, the final form that those changes will take and how long they'll take and whether they'll stick is very much up in the air and definitely a time of change for all of us, particularly for those in the RMA area. <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Catherine. And thanks, everybody. We're off the clock. <laughs>